In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. What are you willing to give up? What are you willing to lose? With what are you willing to go without? These are questions we ask ourselves when we make choices or when we prioritize things. We don't always think these questions constantly, but if we reflect on some of our choices in the day, we will generally see that we didn't get this or that done because we considered something else more important. or We simply desired it more. But sometimes to reach a goal, we have to weigh our choice very carefully. I want to save up my money to buy something. Is it important enough for me to give up some paid subscriptions or attending a sports game or going out to eat and instead save that money to reach my goal? Or perhaps I want to lose weight. Am I willing to give up chocolate or ice cream or cookies to change my diet? Or am I willing to sacrifice some of my time for something else to make time to exercise? Maybe you want to run in a marathon. So what sacrifices do you have to make in order to prepare to run? What will you give up to train, to eat properly, to ensure you finish the race or do your best in it? If the goal isn't worth it to us, we either won't give these things up or after a time of giving them up, we'll return to our old lifestyle saying it's not worth it. Because something else is more valuable or important to us. For Paul, what was of the highest importance was knowing Jesus Christ and having his righteousness as his own. That was more important to Paul than anything else in his life. He counted everything else as rubbish, that is, human excrement. He would rather lose everything. In truth, he did lose everything, including his life, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Paul makes it clear that everything else on which he worked or to which he attained was not worth it. They were not worth trading in for the most valuable gift and treasure in all the world, namely God's favor given to us through and on account of Christ Jesus. Such favor of God results in the great blessing of eternal life, the resurrection of the dead, and to everlasting life. This prize that Paul strives for is assured to him in Christ because Christ Jesus has already made Paul his own. So why then is Paul striving? Because he must earn it? No, clearly not. For Paul says elsewhere in Romans, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. And in Galatians, now it's evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. Even earlier in Philippians, Paul writes, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Paul credits 
the beginning and completion of faith to Jesus. So why the language of a race that Paul must run? Well, first off, it's clear that Paul has not attained the prize, namely the day when Jesus raises us into incorruptible bodies. This is because that day has not yet come. So Paul can't have it until Jesus comes and brings that day. Second, Paul speaks of it as a race and striving because it's an apt analogy of what it feels like to be faithful in a world where we are tempted to give up what God has given us. Striving to remain true to Jesus and his word is like running a race. You have been focused on where you're going. If you lose sight of the end, you are liable to get off track. You may sacrifice the gift of life and salvation Jesus has given you for something that will not last. Again, here is Paul's point. Like a race where you make sacrifices in order to win, so in life you also are called to sacrifice much of what you may desire because those desires lead you away from that which is most important. So we are also called to sacrifice things for Christ's sake. But do we do this? We certainly claim that we do at times. We say, I will lay down my life for you. John 13, 37. And like Peter, who first said this, when it comes to the actual time to live out our words, we have often avoided placing our life on the line. We've avoided sticking our necks out too far. How often have we hidden who we are in Christ? How often have we been afraid of losing something, of sacrificing something in your life, of having to give something up for Jesus? And I don't mean the sacrifice that's freely given, but I mean the sacrifice that comes perhaps unexpectedly. Those times that you are asked a question or that someone makes fun of the truth and then wants you to confirm for them that such is nonsense. Unfortunately, we've all done it. You, me, all God's people gathered here, we've all sinned. We've been afraid to speak the truth, to stand up for Jesus, to confess Christ for fear that we might become the butt of the joke or that our reputation might be damaged. We're afraid it might endanger our job and livelihood. Maybe it is our children and family for which we fear. How often we have acted in fear and followed our own course and path, embracing lies, embracing falsehoods, being duplicitous, even hypocritical. We should be made into rubbish. Christ should throw us into the devil's prison. We deserve nothing more. And yet Christ has mercy on us. He forgives you and me. Instead of giving us what we deserve, Jesus chooses to suffer the loss of his life for you. He chooses to suffer the loss of his dignity. He chooses to suffer the loss of his standing as the righteous and obedient Son of God and takes your place and mine on the cross. He takes the place of the sinner. 
He suffers the death of a sinner. He suffers God's wrath. And he suffers it all for you. He suffers the loss of his life that he might attain his prize, you. He suffers the loss of everything else he has to gain you. How great is his love for you. He valued you at his own life blood. It doesn't matter that you and I don't value him that much, that we have traded in God to fulfill our own desires. It doesn't matter that we, like Peter, have valued our own lives, our things, our families as more important than Jesus. Our failures don't determine Jesus' attitude toward us. Instead, Jesus has sought us out because he desired to have mercy on you. He wanted to give you grace. God the Father wanted to reclaim his creation to redeem it. And he has done just that. He has redeemed you. He has bought you back. He has made you his own. He has promised you life and has given it to you in baptism. He's bestowed on you his very own life by placing his eternal life-giving name upon you. He has delivered you from evil through his life-giving meal. He will reaffirm that reality for you who partake of his table today. And he set before you the reality of eternal life with him in the new heavens and earth. He placed this promise of full restoration before your eyes, the prize and end goal that Paul speaks of as an encouragement. For he is faithful and he fulfills his word. He has made this promise to you and he will keep it. He, he has kept every other promise he has made to man. From the promise to crush the serpent in the Garden of Eden to the promises given to Noah, Abraham, David, Solomon, and many, many others. He keeps his word. So here is our consolation and comfort in the midst of what we suffer here and now. In the midst of bearing the pain of being a follower of Christ. Whatever that cross might be that we end up bearing. Jesus has prepared a place for you and me. He has promised you a room in the mansions of his Father. He has promised you life with him when he comes on the last day. And he will come. And he will be true to his word and promise. His death and resurrection confirm it. You are Christ. And he will bring you safely to the end. You may suffer the loss of everything else, even your life here and now. But in Christ, having his gifts, such loss is insignificant. Or in Christ Jesus, you have now been given everything. Now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.
آمین